0: to not just a sports report today jumping in to UFC San Diego and my thoughts and comments on the whole card now unfortunately this started at 6 a.m Australian time I actually slept through the prelims so I've actually gone back and watched a little bit of what went down now I actually tuned into the card for Azamat Mirzakhanov so what I'm gonna do what i've already done for the prelims portion and i saw most of the main i'm gonna go through and any of the fights that went to decision i'll just talk a bit about the result Um, but i didn't go back and watch the ones on the prelims that went to decision can you blame me like sue me sorry I, i like a stoppage finish so look we started the card bantamweight action And funnily enough, my pick for this one, Yusuf Zalal up against Daemon Blackshear. I was gonna go Zalal, and I changed my pick at the last minute to Blackshear. Maybe that was the universe trying to tell me. My friend, bet on the majority draw. That's what went down there. Draw, interesting. So short notice debut for Blackshear. Look, you'd have to say he'll get another opportunity for sure, and for Yusuf Zalal, He just hasn't been able to pick up a vital win. So I didn't see that one. Having a look at significant strike numbers, Yusuf Zalal well ahead. Takedowns, well, he had 100% takedown accuracy, whereas Blackshear only had 20. I didn't see anything like control time or damage. This was the first fight of the night, but a draw. So very interesting. I may have to go watch that one back and see exactly what went down. Then after that, catch weight action. I got this one correct. Josh Quinlan by knockout over Jason Witt. Quinlan looks like the real deal. I actually have been keeping my eye on him. I know he had a was positive for a banned substance, but he seems to, you know, have really genuinely admitted his error and changed for the better. So good on him. He gets the round one knockout over Jason Witt, who he's one of a couple of guys on this card that just has the tendency to be knocked out. And there's nothing wrong with that. Jason Witt is a great fighter. But yeah, there's a couple now where I'm really starting to lean in to them losing by knockout. And it worked a couple of times on this card. Josh Quinlan with a round one knockout of Jason Witt. And yeah, Quinlan definitely one to watch. I'm a fan of his. I'm interested to see who they pair him up with next because I definitely think he'll be facing a step up in competition. Then, after that, big upset, at least on the betting market, which I don't think truly reflected the nature of how close this contest could be, Tyson Nam getting a round one knockout over O'Day Osborne. And Osborne, he was the heavy favourite. He went for this, like, jumping knee. And Tyson Nam, like, the first time that O'Day went for the jumping knee, Tyson was smiling, and even the commentators, they were commenting on how many times Tyson Nam was smiling, but he specifically smiled the first time Oday threw this high knee, and we found out why he was smiling only like a a minute later. Oday goes for the flying knee again, like jumps up, raises the knee, Tyson Nam gets out of the way and just flatlines him, just knocks him out right then and there, and that was perfect. He just downloaded the information in front of him and Tyson Nam, a crafty veteran with a lot of power in his hands, gets the round one knockout. I do believe that's his first win as a flyweight as well, so that's a big step forward for him. I know he's a bit older, but hey, he picked up a win over a surging prospect, so congratulations to Tyson Nam, getting a very impressive finish. Then after that, we had Gabriel Benitez, who had the crowd right behind him, Up against Charlie Ontiveros. And yeah, Ontiveros, like Jason Witt, he's someone who definitely has the tendency to get knocked out. Ontiveros now with a record of 11 wins, 9 losses. All 9 losses by knockout. So, look, in the Ode Osborne one, I got that wrong. I forgot to mention. Um, But Gabriel Benitez, I had him winning by knockout. And again, Ontiveros, that might be it for him for the UFC for now. Hopefully not, but yeah, it was like a groin strike from Benitez and they took a moment and then after that, Benitez just came flying out of the gate, finished him 3 minutes and 33 seconds into the first round and Gabriel Benitez picks up a very crucial victory. I also commented in the preview how for Ontiveros, he was actually facing a step up in competition even though both guys were in poor form. Gabriel Benitez still has a lot of qualities that I like. He put that on display here. Round 1 technical knockout over Charlie Ontiveros. Then after that, women's flyweight action. I got this one wrong as well. It was a split decision. And uh, I texted a mate and they said, yeah, it wasn't like, they weren't like, watch this fight, go back and watch this fight. So it's like, okay. Nina Nunez picks up the win And then she announces her retirement. So congrats to Nina Nunes. She is going to focus on being a mum, And good on her. I mean, there's more to life than fighting in a cage. And yeah, I can imagine it'd be hard. I mean, when you're pregnant, you can't fight. And yeah, it would just be hard. I wouldn't know. I've never been pregnant myself. But I'd imagine it's hard. So congrats to Nina Nunes. She picks up a win on the way out as well. So full credit to her. Goes out on top, a winner, and for Cynthia Calvillo, well now she's kind of left in purgatory after that performance. Uh, so yeah, Nina Nunes gets the win, and then's like, yeah, I don't want to advance through the ranks. I'm all G, I am a retire and be a mum. For Cynthia Calvillo, well now she's really, really starting to lose steam. So that's my take on that one. Then another decision fight. I didn't go back and watch it, but Martin Budai up against Lucas Bresky. Martin Budai ends up getting the win. His record 11-1 now. And look, he was outstruck having a look at the numbers. But, yeah, I guess maybe there was control. It's a heavyweight fight. Sometimes with the heavyweight ones, if it goes the full 15-minute distance, I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't know. Usually I'll watch it live, but... Sorry if you were so keen for my take on that one. It's gonna be a short take. Martin Budai gets it done by decision. Then Angela Hill picks up a much needed win in the featured prelim. A decision which I also didn't watch. Once again, I apologize. Yeah, I'm not too sure what happened there. I think that was a split decision or maybe the Nina Nunes one. I think that was a split decision. But Angela Hill gets the win. I'm happy with that, I actually picked Loopy Godinez. But hey, I'm a fan of Angela Hill, so she picks up a win in the featured prelim, and that just steadies the ship. Kind of how I was saying with Cynthia Calvillo, she's losing a lot of steam. Well, Angela Hill in this fight, she gathered a bit of steam, so good to see for the veteran's strawweight. And now we get to the main card portion, of course headlined, by Marlon Chito Vera and Dominic Cruz, the fight I was most keen to see, but they had six fights on this main card. As I mentioned, I tuned in kind of late, so I saw basically the last three fights. I haven't seen the first three fights properly. So now, what I'm gonna do is, true thoughts and comments style, I'm gonna sit down, give some thoughts before, and some comments after. Of course, I know the results, so this is not the live reaction. But look, let's kick things off with our opening main card fight. A lot of wind here as well. I apologize. Shut up, wind. Fucking no respect. The elements have no respect for what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to do a live reactions podcast. Have some respect. Maybe, on the flip side, I should have some respect for the elements. Anyway, main card. Bruno Silva, Gerald Meerschaert. I had Bruno winning this one by knockout. But Gerald Mearshart, like, the kryptonite for Bruno Silva seems to be submission game. And that was exploited here in round three. I haven't sat down and watched it yet. But yeah, Bruno Silva, he was definitely a middleweight prospect I was keeping an eye on. For Gerald Mearshart, well, he makes some history here. I believe that gives him the most submission wins in UFC middleweight history. So congratulations to Gerald, he is an absolute gun. But now what I'm going to do is actually sit down and watch this fight. So my take going in, I had Bruno Silva winning by knockout. But I was a little bit wary of this one. So in my parlay that I put on, which a lot of the legs were okay, but neither of them got up. Down, down, down. Um, But yeah, Gerald Mearshat. This one... I was slightly worried about it. I had some confidence. I was like, look, Bruno Silva is my guy in this one. I wasn't going to budge from that. I was going for him to get the knockout win. But in the parlay, I just went for this fight to not go the distance. Because I did think, I was like, Mearschardt is definitely poised to potentially exploit Bruno Silva's weakness on the mat but I have no idea how this one's gone down. So now I'm gonna sit down, watch Bruno Blindado Silva up against Gerald Mearshart, and I'll report back after the fight with my thoughts and comments. Alright, right, so I've just wrapped up the middleweight contest. To be honest, without being harsh, it wasn't as exciting as I thought it might be, But I was really impressed with Gerald Mearshart. Bruno Silva is a gun. Like, he has serious knockout power. But Mearshart defensively, I think that's why this wasn't as exciting, he was really defensively sound. He was able to kind of shut down Bruno Silva over the first couple of rounds to the point where you'd say Mearshart was leading going into the third. And then, look, Bruno was throwing bombs. Broms? Bombs? Oops. Um, but, yeah, look, then all of a sudden, Mierschart absolutely just clubs Bruno Silva. That was what impressed me the most. I was thinking, I'm like, okay, well, how does Mierschart get this sub? Is it some kind of takedown? Or, like, how does this go down? But he absolutely rocked Bruno Silva. Let's remember that in Silva's last outing, he went to decision up against Alex Pereira. So he can, he can handle a shot. There's no doubt about that, but wow. Wowee, Gerald Mearshat, that was the best he's looked in quite some time, and he's really starting to put everything together. Massive submission win for Meershat. He just clubs silver, silver drops to the mat, and yeah, Mearshat just wraps his neck, achieves the most submissions in UFC middleweight history. So a bit of history was made today, and Gerald Mearshat, like what a way to kick off the card. I'm a fan. He's always good value. He always brings an entertaining fight style. And i got to say, he delivered here. Like, it wasn't the funnest fight of the night. But in terms of, like, how Mirshad actually looked, incredible. Really impressive display to kick off the main card. Then, after that, women's bantamweight action. Ariane Lipsky up against Priscilla Cachoeira. Going into this one, which I haven't seen yet. I had Cachoeira winning by decision. Well, she ends up winning by knockout in just over a minute. So I'm very interested to see how this goes down. It was a possibility. Both of these women do have serious stoppage intent. And Cachoeira can throw bombs. So I'm definitely interested to see what goes down here. And will it be a contender for the end of the episode when I go through the not-just-a-sports-report performances of the night So we'll have to see. We've already seen some pretty good finishes. So I will narrow it down to two or three performances of the night. And then, of course, fight of the night. As well as a couple of ones to watch. There's always the one to watch, and sometimes, not always, top prospect. So I don't know if there'll be a top prospect coming off this card. And I don't mean that in terms of contenders like the main event and things like that. Uh, but I don't bring them out every week. I reserve the top prospect tag for ones that I'm like, fucking oath. They've graduated from ones to watch into genuine top prospects. The last being Terence McKinney. Uh, someone like Brian Battle as well is starting to shape into a bit of a top prospect. But there's the one to watch category as well. So I will go through a couple of young and maybe even old fighters to keep an eye on in their next couple of fights. But now let's get on to this woman's bantamweight clash, Ariane Lipsky up against Priscilla Cashewera, a 65 second finish. So I'm interested to see how this one goes down. I'll check back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. from this point onwards but we'll go to Priscilla Cachoeira and her first round knockout of Ariane Lipsky with Lipsky the queen of violence making a big mistake trying to throw hands with Priscilla Cachoeira. Cachoeira picking up the 65 second knockout win and I was hugely impressed with that. I'm really excited to see who they match make with next. We could very well have a real good prospect in the bantamweight division right here. Priscilla Cachoeira, the underdog, picks up a massive first round knockout. After that, a third round knockout win for Azamat Mirzakhanov, or technical knockout. And look, he had better moments. He did get hit with a head kick in the first round, but my favorite part of the entire fight was going into the last round. Devin Clark had his father right outside the cage Standing there just being like you gotta fight like even the corner were like hold hold on hold on We're trying to like get information to him But Devin Clark's father fired up and Clark was pretty fired up to start the round But Mirza hit this brutal body shot and ground and pounded him for the knockout win Extending Azamat's record to 12-0 and He can fight at middleweight too but he said he wants to keep the level of activity high that is why he's a light heavyweight. So maybe at some stage we will see him make the jump down. I don't know if you jump down. Whoops. Uh, but we may see him move down to 185 pounds. He competed at 205 here though. Azamat Mirzakhanov. Massive round three knockout. Then after that, a battle between two really promising young stars, both named Yasmin. We had Yasmin Yaurigi up against Yasmin Lucindo. Licindo being 20 years old, Yazrigi being 23. So, look, you don't often see two young stars on UFC debut positioned so high up the card. But once we saw this fight, it was evident exactly why. These two ladies put on an absolute show. And, yeah, I thought it was an incredible fight. Hugely impressed by both of them. And I think they both have really bright futures and will gain a lot from this experience. It was Yasmin Yalrigi getting the win as well, a decision victory, and the 23-year-old has a 9-0 record. I think Yalrigi may be the real deal, so she is definitely one to keep an eye on. Huge win for her, in very much a featured position straight off the bat. Exciting times now as we see some emerging contenders across some of these women's divisions then featherweight co-main event this was the fight of the night no doubt we had nate the train landwear the huge underdog with his best performance of his career getting the win over david onama it went to decision but believe me this fight looked like it was going to be finished on a multitude of occasions landwear look the first round onama really rocked landwear but Nate the Train, his game is just being unrelenting. Relentless pressure. Cardio is not an issue, so he just keeps coming forward. And that's exactly what happened here. He took the shots of Onama, and by the second round, David Onama was completely gassed out, really fatigued, and Landwehr was coming into his own. An unbelievable performance This was one that the crowds are all about, and if you didn't see this one for yourself, I would recommend going back and watching this. Hands-down fight of the night. Nate The Train Landwehr finally gets his star moment, has such a fun personality, and now the featherweight division getting very interesting. David Onama. He was one of my ones to watch, not just a Sports Report ones to watch. Well, now Nate Landwehr Steals that thunder. David Onama drops out of that one-to-watch category. I'm gonna need to see how he responds from this, although I am still a huge fan, and he's working with James Krauss. So I do think he will improve a lot from this experience, but tonight belonged to Nate the Train, Landwehr, and I can really see his relentless pressure and cardio being a massive difference. I think he could really take it to some quality featherweights. We'll have to wait and see what is next for Nate the Train, but huge win in the San Diego co-main event, leading us into the main event. Marlon Cheeto Vera up against Dominic Cruz, so much on the line, and look, Cruz looked awesome. He came out of the blocks really fast, you could tell that his fight IQ was on point, he knew that Cheeto Vera is known to start quite slowly, and Dominic Cruz he didn't just win the first round, he went up three rounds to none, presumably. I haven't checked the scorecards, but Cruz, if that went to the full distance 25 minutes, Cruz would have won that, I believe. And he was really getting the better of Marlon Vera, but Cheeto did what Cheeto does best. And in round four, he just waited and he perfectly picked his opening. He swung a punch. And look, he knew Dominic Cruz, his footwork, his evasion. He just picked it perfectly where Cruz was going to go, movement-wise. And he nailed him flush with a kick straight to the jaw. And from that, Cruz was knocked out. Like Vera, he did a couple of extra punches. But Cruz was knocked out, done and dusted from that face kick. And Marlon Cheeto Vera gets the win over a two-time UFC bantamweight champion. And now, look, this is my favorite division in the UFC. We've got Puy fighting Sean O'Malley. Next weekend, we've got Jose Aldo up against Marab Davshvili. And I do believe if Aldo wins, I think he's next in line for a title shot. Then you have the fight that is the most important. It's the one you have to wait and see how this one plays out before any plans are made that is the title fight between Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw. What we do know though is that Marlon Chito Vera has well and truly put his name in the mix. And look I don't think he'll get the title shot next up, but he could be one or two wins away from that big title shot. And inevitably he's only going to get bigger name opponents after this Dominic Cruz win. It's a huge performance, unfortunate for Cruz who looked really good up until that fourth round, but the fight belonged to Marlon Chito Vera. He gets it done in the main event, adds his name into the mix of what I believe is the most exciting division in the UFC. Marlon Chito Vera gets it done in the San Diego main event. With that said, about just over 20 minutes, we've got through this whole card. So now To finish off, I'm gonna give out the performance bonuses. Uh, As always, no money from this end. I ain't making any money on this. Uh, Maybe if I do, then they'll get money. But until then, this is pride and yeah, gratitude and praise, which that's priceless, isn't it? So maybe better than $50,000, maybe not. Anyway, performance highlights. First of all, performance of the night. I have three of them. Tyson Nam was the first, getting a massive underdog victory. Really impressed with that, and he just picked apart Ode Osborne at that perfect time, took advantage of a situation that he'd been in merely a couple of minutes before. Tyson Nam, big knockout win in the flyweight division. He gets a performance of the night knockout. Then Priscilla Cachoeira, her 65-second demolition job of Ariane Lipsky really impressed me. So I've given her a performance of the night knockout. And then in the main event, another knockout, I had just had to give Marlon Chito Vera another performance of the night for a knockout finish. I mean, Dominic Cruz, he is a very hard man to finish. So that is what also played into the part. I thought, hey, if he finishes Dominic Cruz in emphatic fashion, which he did, well then that is definitely worthy of a performance highlight. So three performance of the night knockouts, Tyson Nam, Priscilla Cachoeira, and in the main event, Cheeto Vera. My fight of the night, easily the co-main, although the women's fight before that, that was in the running up until the co-main event, but Nate the Train Landwehr and David Onama stealing the show. And from here, well, Nate the Train has a huge chance to turn himself into a star. Fight of the Night, the Featherweight co-main event. And to finish, two ones to watch. So David Onama, he was a one to watch going into this card. And the way it works, you can basically stay as one to watch. You can be dropped out of that category and a bit of a more watch this space, which I think with David Onama's loss here, still I'm very high on his abilities, but I'm going to move him into the watch this space category. I do think he will blossom, though, under James Krause. Um, But, yeah, if you don't go down, you can graduate from one-to-watch into a top prospect. I haven't got any top prospects on this card who've truly gone to that next level. I'd say Nate the Train the closest. Um, But I do have two who have graduated into my one-to-watch category. Firstly, Josh Quinlan, who I was already keeping a very keen eye on after his Dana White Contender Series showing. The positive drug test was definitely a stain on that kind of vibe I was having that he was one to watch. So I said I was going to wait and see how he performed here. He performed really well, a first-round knockout. Josh Quinlan, he moves himself into the not-just-a-sports-report one-to-watch category. To finish off, another one-to-watch, Yasmin Waurigi. Really impressed with what I saw from her. Still young, best days ahead of her. Undoubtedly, she deserves to be in the one-to-watch column. So Yasmin Waurigi and Josh Quinlan, both earning their way into the not-just-a-sports-report one-to-watch list. They will be wrapped, I am sure. With that being said, that is the performance highlights. Now we look forward to UFC 278, headlined by a massive welterweight title fight Kamaru the Nigerian nightmare Usman on an unbelievable streak of wins taking on Leon Edwards, a man who has earned his way into this title fight. He is also on an unbelievable streak, has not lost since I believe 2015. And who did Leon lose to? None other than the man he'll be facing, Kamaru Usman. Although this time around, Leon Edwards genuinely seems poised to make a run for the title here. So this is gonna be a massive main event. And look, today's card, uh, my head-to-head record, not so good. So look, it was a shorter preview and predictions. To make sure we can get as close to perfect next week, I'm gonna be doing a full preview and predictions of UFC 278. So going back into the deep dive, That's usually when the picks work the best. So during the week, keep your ears out for the UFC 278 preview and prediction podcasts. I think I'll split them between the prelims and then do a separate one for the main card. But I'll be going through every fight. Just going to take the next couple of days to work through the tape, do my study, notes, everything like that. And then we'll have the UFC 278 full preview and predictions out. Uh, Probably Thursday or Friday. So get your fucking lives ready for that one. And yeah, this has been thoughts and comments. Bit of a rogue one because I slept and then, yeah, just had to get bits and pieces where I could. But a really fun card. Some interesting moments. Seen a couple of ones to watch. Really impressed with what I saw from Nate the Train Landwehr. We saw a retirement, Nina Nunes. Gerald Mearshat made some history. So our time wasn't wasted today. Great card, fantastic ending as we now get some clarity around this Bantamweight title race. And that was, that's what kicks it off because now that was the first of quite a few really big time Bantamweight matches that are going to decide the trajectory of the division going forward. Really interested not just in the Bantamweight division but all the fights coming up None more so than the welterweight title fight next weekend. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at notjustasportsreport. And of course, follow us on whatever platform you are listening on. You'll be able to see when the UFC 278 preview and predictions drops. Until that podcast though, that is it from me, and until next time, take care.